0: of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing
1: hey welcome to golf with jay delsing i'm your host jay i'm sitting down with my buddy longtime caddy author business owner business seller and now you're helping people it's kind of like a life coaches john Pearl pearly good morning what's happening
2: good morning jay just a beautiful uh sunny morning and looking forward to uh talking a whole bunch about a lot of golf and a lot about the masters
1: yeah this is going to be a really really fun show and i mean it's the scotty scheffler hour we'll get into tiger and some of the stuff that he did but first we formatted the show like a round of golf. This uh, initial segment is called the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by my friends at TaylorMade Golf. Man, check out some of the new TaylorMade gear. You will not be sorry. It is really, really cool. We are giving away a dozen TP5 golf balls every single week. Just send an email to me, Jay, at JdelsonGolf.com. Put balls somewhere in the subject or in the anywhere in the body of the email And you will be in for that drawing. I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue, 314-805-2132, for their support of the show. Donahue Painting and Refinishing is hopping. They've been busy for three years. They are making people's homes just gorgeous. They're phenomenal people to work with, great folks to talk to. Kathy Donahue just got some really cool color certification we're going to get her on the show and talk a little bit about what that means and how she can help you better make your home the home of your dreams. So 314-805-2132. All right, Pearl. Scotty Scheffler, hot streak or start of a new era on the PGA Tour?
2: Well, Brandel Chamblee brought that up, and we're probably all wondering. But uh, I've, I've got uh, uh, one kind of stat on that on there. Scotty Scheffler recently has done something that even Tiger hasn't done. And uh, the last guy to do it was uh, David Duvall in, I believe, 99. And that's win four times by the end of the Masters tournament for the year. So I'll tell you what, it's certainly a hot streak. It's one of the hottest of all time hot streaks. I'll tell you, Jay, I think it's important like Tiger, like Duvall, like a lot of these guys, to look back years in their career, even back to when they were junior amateurs and juniors. He's been great for a long time. I mean, this is just great at this next level, but every level he's been at, he's been great. So it's not. A, it hasn't been a flash in the pan relative to that. Now, granted, you're out on tour, there's a whole bunch of other things in life that happen, right? Family, kids, travel, you get injured, etc. cetera. But I don't know if it's going to be a dominating thing because I still think there's a lot of twists and turns in that swing. I see him as an upper echelon player for a long time.
1: This is a young man, played roughly around between 120 and 140 junior golf tournaments, and he won like 95 of them. This is a guy that's known how to win on every level. He went to the Corn Ferry Tour for his way to get on the PGA Tour and was player of the year there. Won multiple times out there. Watching this round, and we got to break this down, I didn't find a situation that was either uncomfortable for him, too big for him, and the pivotal part of yesterday's round was the third hole. It's, it just absolutely was monster huge for momentum for for the entire thing. He's hit a bunch of hooks. Uh, he hooked it off of 18-T the day before. He's playing out of the left rough on one. He's, he's hooked it. Big time on number three, and to come out of there with a birdie after just turned the entire look of that day around potentially for him.
2: Jay, talk a little bit about your experience as a player or other players that you've been around when you do hit that sideways shot. When this in this case for Scotty, it was that pull pull. Whether it was a pull hook on 18 uh, day three, or just playing a pull. When that gets into your head, what do you do? And If your mind starts racing and you know it's in there, it's kind of like if you know you can yip or miss a three-footer type of a thing or you're chunking your chip. You get that shot in your head. It's tough to get it out of there and continue on.
1: The biggest battle in golf is the six inches you know, between your ears. I mean, that is having those shots in your memory bank, having those as – let's say quote unquote an option when you would rather they are not an option, it makes a big, big difference. Let's just take number three for example, because I brought it up. But for him but to say stand- a second,
2: I want to go back I want to go back to you for a second. What what did you have to when did that kind of get you and I, how did you fight past that?
1: Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that. So when you're going, you're standing up as a player on number three, the fairway is and I'm an exaggerator, I guess. 50 yards wide, John? How wide is that it's wide. It it's is, wide. It is really wide, okay? Obviously, they don't want to hit it just anywhere. They want to hit it down the left. I get all that. But he stands up and hits a ball easily 40 yards off his line. Easily 40 yards off his line. You have this shot that just comes off your, your driver. It feels absolutely awful. And now you're starting to process this. At the same time, John, you're also walking to your next shot. It's not like you're going to go, okay, I need a three-minute timeout. I'm going to sit over here and confer with my coach, and then I'm going to run back out there and see if I can hit a couple practice balls and see what I got. Okay, a lot of stuff starts racing through your mind okay, just hit this in the gunch over here, what do I have? Is it going to be unplayable? Did I hit anybody? You know, all these things are all real things that race through your mind. I try to plug into is what my tendencies are that help cause me to hit shots like that. And for me, Pearl, it was always getting too fast, especially the first foot to 18 inches off the ball. The great Ben Crenshaw talked about this. He said the most important part of his golf swing was the first 14 to 18 inches off the ball because he felt like if he got quick, he never got his backswing finished and he could hit the ball absolutely all over the place, but most predominantly left. With Scotty Scheffler, I didn't get into breaking down that swing on the third hole, but what, what wound up happening and how he resurrected and gathered himself enough to pitch that thing in from, say, 50, 60 yards for birdie was just remarkable and talks about the sort of metal and the sort of short game we're going to get into that as well this guy's short game is not only great it's probably top two or three on the pga tour
2: well it certainly was uh certainly was this weekend well i think i think there's ways when you're you're out there we're out there trying to find our game when our game is off there's things that we can do But I'll tell you what helps is what happened there, right? When he chips something in, it just kind of changes the whole atmosphere, changes all the flow in your body, your sense of, you know, I can remember years ago, the story about Raymond Floyd getting up on the first hole of some tournament, Willie whacking it off to the right, hitting the house and it bounced back in bounds. And he pulled, hooked the next one, hit a tree off to the left. Then he uh, sculled it into a bunker and then he held it out of the bunker for par, and he turned to the guys that and, and, and he was playing with and says, "Y'all are playing for second place this week." You get that in your in your head that hey, I can hit I can hit two bad shots on a given hole and still make a par or birdie. That's that's a heck of a good feeling, uh, you know. Versus the hey, I just hit three good shots this hole and made bogey, that starts messing with your mind. And and I think when we're talking about Scheffler, whether this is kind of a hot streak or we're going to see an awful lot of him going forward, I think you just hit on it, Jay. I think if you have a world-class short game, that can stay with you day in, day out, tournament after tournament, more so than ball striking the driver or anything else in the bag is if you have that world-class short game, and he certainly seems to have a world-class short game.
1: No, no no question he does And You know, John, it's interesting because when you look back at Tiger, yes, Tiger was ridiculously long. Yes, Tiger did some things ball-hitting-wise that we hadn't seen speed-wise and things like that, but make no mistake about it. First of all, Tiger's best club was his mind, 100% in my opinion. Second was his wedge and his putter and and first of all would be his putter. His wedge game was outstanding, but he's his putter. That guy pulled more significant putts than anyone.
2: No question and so I think when you're making that comparison and again it's a long long way to compare Scott Scheffler to uh, Tiger Woods, but when we're trying to start looking at the beginnings of this thing, you know how much is there really out there to dominate or be in the top for a long time and you do make that comparison to Tiger, the best players in the world I think with a few exceptions, uh, we're often the best guys around the greens.
1: I got to give you props again. I mean, you're on the Scotty Scheffler train. You picked the winner.
2: Yeah, but what did I do yesterday? I sent you that little note right at the beginning or right before, and I did not like the way he was practicing. I did not like the way his coach was in his grill the night before, the morning before, and then when he starts out with hitting pull hooks, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this could be an absolute catastrophe, collapse. Again, a testament to his his mental strength and a testament to his short game. I was getting the heebie-jeebies for him early on. I'm thinking this is this is really really a bad sign. And Cam Smith was just looked like, hey man, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And then I think if you watch a guy making it up, up and down, and chipping it in from the trees and everything else, and even a strong Miley like Cam Smith starts melting down a little bit.
1: I mean, that golf course, if you looked at people's scorecards, they, their scorecards were up and down and all over the damn place. Well,
2: Jay, that's another question I had for you, again, as a player. But they had just come off of cold, windy, rainy, soft, transitioning to firm. How does that affect a, a player? Tour player, obviously, we're talking about here. How does that affect even a tour player when the conditions, and again, from practice round to first round to second round to where these things are changing drastically. These guys are so into the, the game plan, the specifics of how everything's releasing on the green, rolling on the green. It's like from practice round to last round, it's almost like they, played, they, like they played five different golf courses.
1: No, and there's no question, John, and I think you hit the nail on the head, is that you have got to make these transitions, the recognition of how it's changed. That transition has to happen lickety-split. You don't have a lot of time. What happens in Augusta is when it gets windy, they don't double and triple cut the greens because the greens are so crazy anyway they don't. And then when it lays down, like it did on Sunday, now all of a sudden the greens are always going to stay firm because of the sub air system. But now they're going to cut them a little lower and they're going to be faster. You are changing on the fly here. You are trying to make these, these calls and this, these differences as you go. And it is really not easy. And, and You could see that yesterday with the green speeds up, and that's why there were so many bogeys out of of nowhere.
2: Jay, for the folks that don't know about it, what are you talking about sub-green systems? What what, what is that?
1: The sub-air system is a system underneath all the green surfaces at Augusta that is like, imagine a giant underground vacuum cleaner. It's a vacuum system that they can turn on that will literally suck the moisture out of the greens. Augusta can drain <laughs> because, yeah, they, they have them there. And they when you, when you go and you're on the ground, you, you'll walk near a green and you'll hear some humming. And you'll hear, and you're like, what in the hell is that? And that is that sub air system. It is there to keep a lot of air circulating. It's for the health of the greens. It's to maintain them in the way they want. It's ridiculously expensive, as you can imagine. And they absolutely have it there, and they use it there, and it's um, alive and well.
2: If I'm playing bad and the greens are getting firm and too fast for me and I start hearing the humming, that's not going to feel great as a player, let me tell you.
1: No, it certainly isn't. You know, that's going to wrap up the Unarranged segment. I'm going to do the tip of the cap at the start of the front nine so don't go anywhere john and i'll be right back with the front nine this is golf with jay delsing
0: on the range with jay delsing is brought to you by taylormade this is golf with jay delsing the front nine is coming up
1: folks do you need a new car truck or suv then the dean team of kirkwood is the place for you to go three one four nine six six zero three zero three and go see colin Byrne. he just got me into a new suv and i love it boy did they make the experience painless and super super easy most dealers don't have any cars in their lots but at dean team of kirkwood colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars you don't want a vw that's no problem they have audi's BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean Team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road just behind the Straubs. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic Argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to Wild Crush. STL.com and come have one with us
0: you're listening to golf with jay delsing for golf tips news on the latest equipment and everything golf log on to golf with jay delsing.com the front nine is coming up
1: after my knee replacement i was able to swing the golf club again without any pain SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained kvs certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800 518 1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion.
0: This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic. September 5th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. For tickets, ascensioncharityclassic.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay and John are here, and we are headed to the front nine that's brought to you by good friends at the Ascension Charity Classic. This September, Norwood Hills, the best field on the Champions Tour. you got to come check it out. Folks, if you didn't see it at the inaugural year last year, smashing success. They love the golf course come out this september 6th through 11th and check us out the tip of the cap as always is brought to you by my buddies at dean team volkswagen of kirkwood 314-966-0303 colin burt brandy bill van oyen those guys over there great great people i'm tipping the cap pearl to the masters this feels like the official launch of our golf year of our golf season i love watching the, the masters i love being there it's must see tv if you're a golfer at all you have any golf that runs through your blood man it's it's it, you can't miss it
2: i couldn't agree more but i had a question i started thinking about this a little bit i wonder how long the masters can continue with their traditions you know they've made a few adjustments a few tweaks in here and there but in this world of ever-changing everything, can the masters maintain their traditions, kind of their exclusivity, if you will, their their control over their events? Should they make more changes?
1: Well, I think they do make changes, but I think they make changes on their own terms. To this point, they do not like to be, nor do are they allowing themselves to be dictated to. There was a thing that came through with the Martha Burke thing several years ago, and and that whole thing got messy and they just said okay so we're not going to put our sponsors in any sort of uncomfortable situation so we're dropping all the sponsorships and we'll have no sponsors most of the things john in our life revolve around the green cash money in your pocket you're able to do them because of that that gives people an awful lot of freedom an awful lot of ability to do what they want to do when they want to do it and they've got a lot of that cash and so I'm going to say they are slowly making changes. Are they ever going to allow cell phones on the property? Boy, I don't think in my lifetime. They're going to need an entire change in the regime down there to see that. I don't see that happening at all. You know, one of the cool traditions that they, they adhere to is they keep the prices of their food down to 1970. I think it's 1972 level. So you can still go in and get a palmetto cheese sandwich. Or an egg salad sandwich for a $1.25. You can get a beer for $0.95. Cents. They could charge $15 for each one of those items and get those. They do not charge you for parking when you get down there. There's another thing they do not do. Now, they hit you over the head with the price of the ticket. So a lot can be said that, you know, hey, I bought this, I got this ticket. And, you know, the, the face value of the ticket for the Part 3, for example, is $90. I had two people call me and see to see if I could get them, par three tickets. What do you think it costs today? One ticket, uh, for Wednesday this year.
2: Thousand thousand bucks.
1: Twenty one hundred. Yikes. Yeah. So that's a quite Yikes. a markup for the face value of the ticket. And you know who controls all those tickets, the members at Augusta National. So, Oh, okay. It all revolves back to the idea that I was trying to say, is that this cash and the position that these members have in the world, there's a lot of leverage on their side.
2: It's also, as they call them, the patrons instead of the the fans or... Uh, the spectators it's also the control they have over those you know you're talking about the cell phone the pictures that kind of stuff that's what that's one piece obviously a huge piece but man you just don't hear people getting out of line and i think if they get out of line do they just touch your shoulder and you and you magically disappear or oh, what yeah. happens i could tell
1: you a funny story before COVID, i was taking groups down to the masters every year and um had a group uh, at the par three, and the par three is just really a great spectacle because Gary Player plays and Ben Crenshaw, Jack Nicklaus, all the great old folks are playing out there, along with Ricky Fowler. And because uh, because what comes to mind is I was sitting on the fourth green when Ricky Fowler made a hole in one right on top of Justin Thomas's ball on the same hole in the same group. It was really outstanding. But the group I was with, you know, there's a lot of walking out there, and some of the fellows aren't quite as hardy as uh, uh, as some others. And he kind of leaned back and was kind of in a prone position. So he was actually laying down against one of the hills that we were sitting on around this green. And I'd say within two minutes, we had two fellows with green jackets on, earbuds, the whole thing. Tap him on the shoulder and said, sir, if you don't sit upright, we're going to remove you from the grounds. (laughs) Wow. There's also wow. no running allowed at Augusta. There's also no no cell phones at Augusta. I'm not sure if you saw what uh, Taylor Gooch did on Monday, but he came out of the locker room because now on the PGA Tour, you're allowed to wear shorts in the practice rounds. Taylor came out with shorts on, and about 15 Uh-oh. minutes later, they said, um, you got to go, man. You can't play in shorts, and they didn't kick him out, but he went on and played in his rain pants the rest of the day. Wait, we got to wrap up yeah. the uh, tip of the cap. I want to thank Colin, Brandy, Bill Vannoyen, all the folks over at um, the Dean team of Volkswagen and Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. Pearly and I both have vehicles from there. My daughter, Joe, has had one vehicle from there. They're great people. If you need any sort of car, you can email me, j at com and I'll hook you up with them. All right, so, John, let's take a break from the Scheffler conversation and talk about Tiger. Talk about what a victory... This was for Tiger. Just the fact that he now has it in his mind. He can compete. He can walk. Albeit he was painful as hell. The way he walked on Saturday was not the same way he was walking on Tuesday. It beat him down. John, he got no benefit from the weather. Period. He would have been so much better off getting some warm weather, keeping that body warm. Those low 50s conditions with 30-mile-an-hour winds, man, that put him to the test.
2: I got to say one other thing when we started talking about Tiger, though. I was pretty disappointed coverage-wise coverage, coverage wise, because I think they did too much Tiger. And I get it. Tiger sells, and they want to have Tiger on there, and that's when t- people are going to watch. But they just did too much Tiger. They just went over and over and over the same kind of stuff. I think it's phenomenal what he did. I'm a Tiger fan. I was excited about all of it i just had to get off that that off my chest because i thought that was unfortunate there's a lot of great stories there's a lot of great things going on around there and i think they just absolutely beat that one to death
1: when i first got on tour let me interrupt you for a second though my parents i'll never forget this my dad would say to me i cannot believe how much they're they're showing jack nicholas and i'm like it was jack (laughs) nicholas He goes i know but you're seven under par for the tournament and you're playing, you know, this par five that you got a chance to eagle, and they're showing Jack tapping in for pars all over the place. And I said, Dad, people are wanting to watch Jack Nicklaus putt for pars instead of me, you know, watching me putt for whatever I'm putting for. <laughs> well,
2: that's a good perspective. I guess I need to think about that. Yeah, like I said, I know it sells. I know Tiger drives the audience big time. But to your point, maybe the single biggest disappointment for me because I do like to see the different conditions, and I like to see the guys get in uncomfortable positions. So I'm fine with that with the rest of the event. But I was really hoping it would be reasonable type of weather uh, so the Tiger could walk it, he could play it, and that kind of stuff. However, Jay, how interesting, because at the end of the day, obviously the walk was tough, and he did that. The ball striking was tough, but he mostly did that. His putting and chipping completely left him.
1: It left him, you're right, and the result-wise were were – very, very sub-Tiger standards. No question about a yeah, chap. This Make no mistake about it. This is about the mental fatigue that he felt to get himself through that tournament. A hundred percent. He was he was phenomenal chipping and putting in the first day, and it just slowly went downhill. I mean, to, even to the fact where Tiger had his second four putt of all time in his master's defense and shot the highest scores he's ever shot at Augusta.
2: Well, I'm going to push back a little bit on that because a place that I thought was pivotal as could be was the eighth hole. The first day he hits a pretty good drive. He hits a good second shot. He lays it up exactly where you want to lay it up. And he makes a bloody bogey from the correct angle on number eight from 50 yards. He, he makes a bogey. So to me, that's, that was saying, wow, that can't happen for me to be able to really compete this week because the ball striking, the walking, all that's going to be difficult. So I agree with you. The reason the numbers got so wild at the end is because of the fatigue so he couldn't do it at the end. But when it happened early on, I thought that was a really, really, really bad sign. I'm not saying he's going to get it up and down every time for 50 yards, granted. But, man, making bogey from 50 yards in the middle of fairway with an exposed pin like that, I, I, I thought that was a really – unfortunate sign now hey the guy hasn't played for 500 days or whatever the heck they kept saying on tv so can that happen yes but relative to what was going to be able to carry him the longest way it was going to be that short game and when i saw that kink in the armor from something that straightforward and easy that was really unfortunate i was that was that was my warning sign for him like wow that's that's really a bad one because man he had so many great shots and he's moving his and when he needed to it's funny how he all of a sudden that clubhead speed goes up about 10 or 15 miles an hour.
1: Yeah, he definitely had different gears. But, John, you're absolutely right. That was a very telltale sign, and Tiger talked about that. Those were done completely. First of all, there's lack of commitment. Second of all, oh, he got distracted. That's also from being off the game. That's also from having so much on your plate to have to manage that it just makes it It's brutal. It's brutal. Well, I, I
2: think I think that the time away from the game. I, I know for me, i won't you know I've always complained about this. If I'm not playing all the time, I've got a pretty good short game and a half decent game. But if I'm not playing all the time, I need days and days and days and weeks to get it back, and I need multiple tournaments and competition to to kind of get back in that feel. So the fact that he could do what he did do is spectacular, and I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying, relative to truly competing to win, being the upper echelon, when that was suspect early, I'm thinking, man, there's no chance because yeah. th- this guy can't pure it around and then when he completely lost his putting it was kind of interesting because maybe he was trying to talk himself into it i think it was at the end of the second round i think that he said he started seeing getting his putting eye he started to see kind of the line and getting the feel and then it all just went to heck after that which was which was tough
1: john i think we need to talk about a little bit about how this thing Works with your mental side and your putting and everything and and kind of peace in the shop, so to speak. There's got to be this overall sense of well-being, sense that I can manage this, what's going on. And it's clear to me that this was an area that Tiger, even for someone like him, who's probably as mentally strong as any player we've ever seen, was, was over the top and too much to, to try to expect and, and manage and handle.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and when it goes and it gets in your head, again, even if you're having, you're starting missing some of those, and the severity out there of Gustav, as, as you said, when he starts four putting and all the three putts. How many times did he play a whole majors and not even have a single three putt or only one? That's right. So yeah, it it just kind of snowballs. It can get in your head. It's just it's tough to watch. And that happened with a lot of guys. It, it's interesting. At some point, I hope we get a little time to talk about some stats. I know we're not big on that in the in your show, but I think there's a few stats that might be worth mentioning
1: i love it that's going to wrap up the front nine don't go anywhere we're going to get right into those stats on the back nine this is golf with jay delson i want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in st louis for over 40 years i'm talking about pro-am golf center that's right pro-am golf center i know you know the name eight zero five four ask for cj or you can visit them at proamgolfusa.com that's proamgolfusa.com
0: hey st louis the ascension charity classic presented by emerson is back this september don't miss the excitement when the pga tour champions best compete again all for charity september 9th through the 11th at norwood hills country club Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. How
1: would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what, no cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24 hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kid's club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255.
0: This is Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about the game of golf, latest equipment, and golfing tips, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The Back Nine is presented by Pro-Am Golf.
1: Hey, welcome back. Golf with Jay Delsing here. I'm Jay. Pearlie's with me. We are headed to the Back Nine, brought to you by my folks at Pro-Am Golf. Oh, man, you got to go see CJ. You got to get fitted. You got to just go check them out. They've got great gear. Anything you want over there. Nice people that the grands are just salt of the earth. They're like the first family of golf here in St. Louis. 314-647-8054. All right, Pearl. Let's go right into the stats. We're back on Scheffler. It was a great event. Great to see him back. Brought so much drama to the to to our plates, but let's move on.
2: Let's talk then about kind of greens and regulations because that they come up a bunch. We're not going to get super deep on this kind of stuff, but I had a couple kind of trivia questions for you in, in case you haven't looked at this for yourself. How many guys in the event, Jay – hit over 70% of their greens. That means hit 13 greens, basically, is what that means. In one particular uh, round? No, for the whole tournament. How no many guys one. hit 13, 13 greens? One guy, your buddy, Kevin Na, the only guy to hit more than 70% of his greens, uh, 70.83. Scotty Scheffler, which is obviously important to know what, what he did, he was at 68%. So that's basically... is just a a skosh over 12 greens per round. So, you know, you and I have mentioned this in the show multiple times. Here's the best players in the world. And some of these greens are remarkably easy to hit in some ways at Augusta National because it's about where to hit it on the green, not to hit the green. Yet they're still missing the greens. So the best players in the world, the guys that end up winning and finishing high – are missing one out of every three greens. It's rather fascinating to, and, and to know that I think the leader on the tour each year is hitting, I think it's less than 14 greens, Jay. Isn't it 13 and a half on yeah. the average for the year? It sure is. So when we, so when Jay's bringing up and we're talking on the show about how important the short game is and the best players in the world, at their best, are hitting less than 13 greens around and they're shooting under par, it's all about the short game. It's all about positioning. It's all about strategy.
1: Now there's one thing that's interesting to me, John, about Augusta National. There are certain spots where you'd rather have it off the green than on the green to certain hole locations. And that may play into it a little bit, but to your point, it's you're absolutely right. No one is hitting and has control over the golf ball like they really think they do.
2: So some of the guys that didn't finish very high that had a lot of greens, which tells you, to, to your point, they're on the green but in the wrong place, Cameron Champ hit just a a fraction under seventy percent of his. Rory McElroy, just a fraction. Now obviously Rory had a very high finish. Sergio Garcia, not a surprise, right? A perennial great ball striker. Just a fraction under 70%, 70, 70, uh, I say degrees before 70%. You know, you can go out and hit hit well and, and make a lot of uh, solid shots out there, but there's so much strategy in Augusta, it's unbelievable. It's just like we see all the great shots that uh, Cam Smith hit until he got to number 12. And then all of a sudden, whatever stats he had, you can throw him out the window.
1: The, the way he'd been striking the ball and to just get underneath that little nine iron like he did and flare it out to the right... He had to think, you got to be kidding me.
2: Did you hear him talk afterwards? Did anybody ask him, where was he aiming on 12? Did he talk about that? I did not hear that.
1: I did not hear that. I'll
2: tell you what. I I can only say what it looked like from the tee, from the perspective that the camera was giving us to watch. I think he was going not over the middle of the bunker like Jack Nicklaus suggested. I think he was going much closer to where the pin is over there. It absolutely got him, and it just— it, it ended his event.
1: And I was sitting there watching, and, 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 and I said, I don't know if Scotty Scheffler's going to hit a good shot or not, but I know where this ball's not going. He might hit it in the back of Zaleas, but he was not going to hit it in Rays Creek in the front. And you know what's interesting, John? We need to say this, and I, and I said this to myself as I was watching. I said, self, if he misses this, he's got a two-stroke lead, the momentum to this, to that. We got the two par fives. The tournament is just beginning. He didn't even touch the edge with that putt. He hit it it's so pure. Hit it right in the middle. Stay steady and let the other guys fall to the wayside. That's exactly what happened.
2: I think it was unfortunate for the event, at least from my perspective, because if Cam gets up there and hits it even 20 feet on 12, I think it's game on, game on, game on, big time. It was so unfortunate. Scotty, where did he go? He hit it long left there, right? Yeah, still made par. Uh, Charles Schwarzel the day before, was kind of on a roll. He hit it way up into the Azaleas, and it came down to where it was least playable. You know, hitting a terrible shot over the green, you can still possibly make a par, but hitting it in the water... I think it goes beyond just being in the water because the next shot is brutal. And then you've got 13 and 15 with that same kind of false front water type of shot mindset. You just don't want that kink in the armor.
1: Anything put in front of Scotty Scheffler, he handled marvelously the body language in the players. What's happening? Can I see it? Can Are they speeding up? Because you know how easy it is to speed up when you get in these situations and he didn't at all until the, the you know the 18th where the putting didn't matter
2: do you think cam smith is feeling this morning
1: oh lousy I, do you I,
2: think he do you think he felt that, that he did he had a he had a handle on it that he was going to go down to the last putt do you think he was there and yeah. and how devastating do you think that that 12th hole will play and not just the 12th just the fact of The Masters got him. How much do you think that affects him in the future?
1: I don't. The what I know of Cam Smith, he's going to be able to shake this off. He's going to be able to recover from it. The 11th was playing one of the most difficult holes all week long. 11 and 18 were bears. They were just super difficult holes. And he goes out and birdies that hole. And now he's got it on the team ground, ball in hand with a nine iron. And he's got to be thinking, just get out of my way. I got two par fives coming up. I know. Yep. And, and to have that one swing take the legs right out from underneath. I, I've had this feeling so many times in my career where I was just on the front door of maybe getting a win and and hitting a bad shot at the wrong time. And honestly, John, I wound up spending hundreds of thousands of dollars from that point on because it was like trying to put the the, the toothpaste back in the tube. I couldn't. I was like, I can't believe I did that, and deflated me, and I'd wind up either shooting even par of the way in when I should have been three or four under, or making three or four bogeys because this has happened at the wrong time.
2: You know, how many of the guys that were coming down the stretch several years ago and they all dumped it in the water on 12, where are those guys? How many of them have been able to pop up? You know, I think Brooks Kepka was one of them, and, and he's having a tough time. I think there's a certain, and they talk about this all the time, it's why Nicholas, one of the best ball strikers in history, said when you get up to 12, It doesn't matter where the pin is. Where's the bunker? Going over the bunker. I'm going on the green. This is the best ball striker. Maybe that type of a shot of all time relative to high-cut shot. And he's still doesn't
1: play away from it.
2: it at all at all ever don't even think about it i think there's certain things that you just don't hardly mess mess with you know you can make the comparison to some degree to 17 at tpc sawgrass when that pins back right ricky Fowler went after that pin and it did it cam smith this year went after that pin and did it apparently there's just that much more of whatever subtle hardness or lore behind it history behind it it doesn't seem to pay to do that at augusta national
1: you know what it's like when you are, have a short iron in your hand and you miss right that ball has nothing on it pearl no integrity you, when you know the shot has nothing on it he it, yeah. it's it's floating it's going to come up short you got to remember john the 12th green has a little bit of 45-degree angle in it, that front right edge is about four or five steps further away from you than that front left yep. left is. And yep. when you miss left for right-handed golfers, John, you get an extra three to five yards out of those shots. When you miss right on those short irons, you get three to four to five yards less. And that's Ray's Creek. I mean, his ball flew in Ray's Creek. It didn't hit the bank, I don't think. I think it flew straight in the water, right?
2: I think you're right, but also to your point, Jay, those those are great points, and it's why the subtleties are so tough, but also because of that false front and the way things play. It would be kind of neat almost if the commentators, they might not even be allowed to do this. But if they kind of drew us drew a line on the telestrator when we're watching to show where where the water might as well be because if you hit it there it's going in. hundred percent Jeff
1: that's a great you call. drew
2: that line and, and you identified that that's why there's such a pucker factor on that hole because you missed a green by half a step over in that area. It's in the water. So Did you it say might pucker? as well be marked I, I said, I said, Parker with a P you bet, <laughs> you bet I did. Uh, but it, it's, it's just, it's just an interesting mind game on that whole piece. It can come across looking crazy easy, or it can mess up your tournament and maybe your career at Augusta national. I just don't know how that goes away.
1: That's a lot to unpack for sure. And these, believe me, that restlessness comes in last night, man, that's unpacking that stuff this morning. That breakfast doesn't taste nearly as good after you just rinse one on 12. All right, so that's going to wrap up the back nine. Don't go anywhere, though. John and I will be back to wrap up this show with the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delson. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion.
0: Hey, St. Louis. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour champions best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at AscensionCharityClassic.com.
1: Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV, and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots But at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean Team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying
0: needs. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. For the latest updates on golf equipment, help with your swing, and everything golf, visit jaydelsinggolf.com. The 19th hole is presented by Michelob Ultra.
1: Hey, welcome back. Golf with Jay Delson here. I'm your host, Jay. i got Pearly May with me, and we are headed to the 19th hole, brought to you by our boys at Michelob.
2: Hey, 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 before we get into anything else, I wa- we got we to talk about something. I had a pang in my heart, uh, and I'm not sure why. Let's talk about it for a second. The traditional first tee celebration and ceremony with Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, and Tom Watson. What did you think about that group, and what's went through your head?
1: I felt really sad for Jack Nicholas. Told me when he was at North St. Louis last year for the Ascension Charity Classic, he said, For all these years I had people say to me, Man, I wish I could play golf like you. Man, I wish I could play golf like you. He said, Well, now you can. He goes, I'm hitting yeah. my he goes, I'm hitting my driver so poorly I can hear it land. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's it's so many emotions and probably because I, I we are getting a little bit older. But it was it's hard. I'm a Tom Watson fan. I was glad that they picked him. But obviously Lee Elder's gone. The King's gone. You know, time is marching on. And uh, to see Jack, Mr. Nicholas, kind of laboring that way physically, it's exciting. It's the kickoff. There's great honor in it. But I have to say, there was a, more than a few tugs at the at the heartstrings for me.
1: Well, there's the passing of the torch in a lot of yeah. different ways, you know, and the br- to the brutality of life marching on. You see what Father Time does to all of us. And uh, just look in the mirror, man. That's why I've unscrewed all the light bulbs in my bathroom so I don't have to look at myself when I get in there. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy, man. I sit there, you know, and Tom Watson's coming on the show, so it's really going to be fun. To hear and and see his thoughts, and then you see Gary Player stand up there at 86 and wing it out there and give a little leg kick, and I'm like, man, alive, Gary is still going strong. Probably eight cups of coffee later, he's out there just all wired up. So give us – you got a couple extra stats. Let's talk a little bit more. Yeah,
2: yeah. One of the stats, obviously, that's wildly important that they talk about all the time, that's the putting stat. And you've got to decipher this for me a little bit, Jay, and for everybody else. So the average – who do you think led – the the putting stats off the top of your head. Do you have anybody in mind?
1: No, I would say, uh, Kevin, nah, but there's no way he did because he's a great putter, but he was leading in and, uh, Green hit. So if he had let in putting and Green City, he would have been up at the leaderboard. I'm gonna say someone odd uh, like I don't know, I'll say Rory. And I gotta say this before we get into the stats, how cool was it to watch the eighteenth hole finish with Rory and Colin Morikawa Colin Morakawa hole in those bumper shots? Well, you've seen this before with these tour players where things start happening and it's like the other guy wants to join the party or something, you know, and it's it's really well, cool.
2: Well they both had they both had great rounds, so it was a great finish, but that's what I was trying to allude at earlier when i think that if cam smith knocks it on 15 feet or on the green on number 12 anywhere on the green or let's just say anywhere but the makes water, a
1: bar yeah uh, makes a I, bar. I,
2: I, or, or bar bogey i think it's a different tournament i think that because then you're going into his complete wheelhouse with bombing it because he led the stats and one of the stat leaders in in driving distance, so he's going to bomb it, and uh, and, and, and that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm going to tell you, produce, Shane, I'm
1: going to pick Shane Lowry as the leader in putting.
2: That's a great call. You just missed it. Shane had 1.51. What does that even mean, 1.51? He was third.
1: That's one and a half putts per green. So,
2: so Min Hu Lee, who had quite a little run there for a while, he was 1.5, so just a fraction better at number two. But the leader... And it's interesting because you hear him talking a lot about his putter, and he can't get his putter going, and his putter, putter, putter. Justin Thomas was the low man on the totem pole with having the least amount of putts, one point four nine. Scotty Scheffler, one point five three. So Scotty was one, two, three, four, uh fifth, I believe, in uh in putting.
1: So interesting week for JT because I thought about picking him and I just I went off. Known as maybe the best iron player day in and day out on tour. He rivals Tiger, Colin Morikawa, Prestigious iron play. And he was off, especially the first day. Justin Thomas opened the ter- the Masters tournament seventy six.
2: Yeah, right off the bat got got going in the wrong direction. You know, I think the other thing that can be very deceiving on these putting stats, which we've already talked about, but if you think through, if you're hitting it in the wrong part of the greens, I don't care how good of a putter you are. And I mean, I don't care if you're the best putter in the world, you're not going to have a good time of it. So part of the putting stats also has to do with, as you said earlier, Jay, More than one place out there that you would rather miss the green than hit more than one. Heck, there's probably 14 of them out there that you'd rather be in the correct place off the green than in the wrong place on the green. I got to play Augusta National one time, and some of the some of the places that you could end up having after, as you saw in the Masters, hitting some pretty good shots, and we did not play it when the greens were near as fast as they are in the Masters. The thought of trying to hit a a first putt from 25 or 30 feet feet in some of these areas, and having the sense that can i get it within 15 feet the answer is no i'm a decent putter i'm thinking I, it's you're putting to the top of a of a mound is what it's looking like and it could go anywhere and it does go anywhere
1: what other stats are intriguing to you
2: well let's do driving distance let's do one there as well and i'll tell you i'm just going to mention a, a guy that i'm always rooting for cameron champ out there he had some really good stats this week and i'm not sure he must have just had a couple really bad holes i didn't follow him closely but here's another guy Normally at the top he was at 315. Who led the longest drive uh, average for the week uh, on the out there? Would you say one of the smaller guys in stature yeah. out there, maybe R- Rory. Rory. McElroy by three yards over Cameron Champ, 318 yards. Jay, in that weather, in those conditions, and that kind of stuff, 318 yards. If this guy can start tuning in his irons a little bit more consistently, I don't know what he's going to, how he's going to do it, because I think he's been trying to do that for two or three years now, and it doesn't seem to be happening. Because he's bombing it, he's doing a lot of things well, but apparently those irons are just absolutely leaving him too many times during the round.
1: Well, John, one of the things that he's battling is exactly. what what you were talking about with Cameron Champ in the 12th hole he's still battling the ghost of Augusta five six years ago when he had the big lead and went to the back nine and absolutely fell apart
2: Jay I think there's a lot to that when Jordan Speed had the meltdown out there once it gets even in these guys heads these these great players that are so mentally strong I don't know there's something special about Augusta National that doesn't let it go
1: well and Roy's looking for the career slam he needs he yeah. needs to win at Augusta to get the career slam. You know, there's only a few players in the history of the game that have had it and he wants it and you'd have thought he hasn't won a major in how many years, John? It's been five, six, seven years he hasn't won a major and plays on you the the further you go down that road, the harder and harder it gets to, to pull that stuff off.
2: Scheffler was just under 300 for the week, Jay, and driving, so he's kind of in the upper third, if you will. Just to note, 311 yards is what he was looking at uh, on the uh, the last 18 holes of the event. So all the guys hit a little bit further because of the conditions, but he's he's kind of bombing it out there. I do want to throw one other player out there that was pretty exciting to see, I thought, because I know you're a fan, I'm a fan, Harold Varner third, He bombed it. He did a lot of good things. He had a really tough third round, really did. Great example, too, of keeping your composure. He was right on that cut line early on and then made an eagle on 13, out of the pine straw on 13, hit it it within a foot. It's fun to see some of these guys that are good guys, kind of semi-upper echelon journeymen, have these kind of weeks and have these kind of experiences. And so it was fun to see Harold do that.
1: I want to say this as we wrap up this show. Ted Scott, who we've had on the show, I just texted him yesterday, Ted Scott has now won three Green Jackets. Got for Bubba Watson twice. And now he's been working for Scotty Scheffler. It's great to see Ted is a great guy. And it's awesome to see him get this, uh, this win.
2: I'll uh, be looking forward to hearing more specifics on, uh, on how Scheffler felt that uh, Ted Scott helped him. He certainly keeps, keeps it kind of simple, calm, all the things that, to be part of that team. The parts that really need to happen it was fun to watch the caddies working and uh, it's a it's a big piece of that uh, that that out there
1: yeah it absolutely is well pearl we came to the part of the show where we're giving away a dozen golf balls travis huber stand by that mailbox you're going to get a dozen TP5 golf balls way before Pearlie does, Travis. So that is something really cool. Uh, don't share any with John. He'll probably lose them for you. Travis, you win the dozen TP5 golf balls. let Let's going to wrap up another show. All right, we're going to say so long to Pearlie. And now I'm going to address some of these mailbag questions that I've been getting each week. Folks, Keep these questions coming. Very much appreciate them. Email me, Jay, at com, and I will get to your questions on the air. The first question comes from Mary from South St. Louis. Jay, what was your favorite moment at the 2022 Masters? Gosh, Mary, it's almost like trying to choose your favorite child. But um, I have to say, just watching Tiger play in that – tournament was probably my favorite moment. Now, there's no disrespect meant to Scotty Scheffler. He played great. He stole the show. There's no question that he is a great Masters champion and a very deserving Masters champion. But it's very similar, Mary, to the tournament at Bell Reve in 2018. It was the 100th anniversary of the PGA Championship, and Tiger was all over the place that day. Um, had a great round, didn't win the event, wound up finishing second. Brooks Kepka takes home the Wanamaker trophy, but Tiger's prowess, Tiger kind of signaling to the tour that he was back, is what I remember most about that event here in St. Louis. And that's what I remember most about the 2022 Masters. It signals that Tiger Woods is back. I think he will win again. Will it be a major? I don't know. But each step going forward is going to be better and better for Tiger physically. And let's just hope that the rest of his body holds up. Okay, the second question I have, it comes from Gio from St. Anne. Gio asked, what in your opinion makes the 12th at Augusta so difficult because it only measures about 150 yards? And Gio Man, that is such a great question, and that little hole has absolutely dashed Masters hopes for so many players over the years, but clearly there's not a huge area for which you to land your ball in. Now, the players this year were hitting anywhere between eight irons and pitching wedges, and the target, as Jack Nicklaus says so many times, is just hit it right over the center bunker every single day and forget where the where the stick is, and don't even mess with that pin. Don't even let that flag, regardless of where it is on the green, come into your, your play or have it affect your shot much easier said than done, clearly. But one thing that we have to talk about, Gio, is the winds. So the pines are extremely tall there. And what happens is the winds swirl and you can't feel it down low where you're hitting your shot, but up where the ball is flying, the ball can get propelled forward and go in the back bunker. I've seen balls in the back azaleas on the hillside back there. I've seen them plug in the back sand trap. Uh, And then you see what happens when you don't quite hit a solid short iron. When you hit your uh, sort your short irons, your eights, your nines, your wedges, and miss hit them a little bit, they don't fly far enough, Geo, and they always fall out to the right a little bit for right-handed golfers, and that means Ray's Creek. And here's the thing to note about that twelfth: if you don't fly the ball onto the front edge of the right green, it's going to go in the water for everybody except uh, Fred Couples in 1992. So basically, Geo, the players are seeing that if it doesn't if the ball doesn't go in that front sand trap or carry that front sand trap it'll be in the bunker but if it's right of that front sand trap and doesn't carry to the surface of the green it's coming back in the water every single time so that is definitely something to look for and I'm sure that hole will bring more and more drama it's just a sneaky hole the last thing geo on that I'll comment on is the green does fall away from a right-handed golfer at a little bit of a 45 degree angle. So what that means is the front left edge of the green is probably 138 yards from, from uh, the player. And the front right of the green is probably 142 or 143 yards from the player. So it does angle a little to the right and has additional carry over to the right. And our last question comes from Fran from St. Peter's. And Fran, this is really an interesting question and a fun question. Fran says, Can you please try to give us some sort of everyday example to relate to us how fast the greens are at Augusta National? And you know, Fran, I've been thinking about that question ever since I saw it last week. And again, Jay at JDelsengolf.com for your questions in our mailbag segment. But you know, I would basically say, Fran, if you were to take your hardwood floors and if you could slow them down ever slow, so slightly, that is basically how fast the greens at Augusta National are. You can get a rug, but that's going to be much too slow. You can get the, the hood of your car, and that's going to be much too fast. But if you got onto your hardwood floors and you put it on that hardwood floor, That is about the speed of Augusta National. So they usually run about 14 at the stint meter. And 14 is nothing that any of the average golfers around the entire world are accustomed to seeing. So that's the best example I can give you, friend. I hope that suffices. And guys, keep these questions coming on our mailbag segment. I really appreciate them. That's going to wrap up another show. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. Thanks for all the emails. Hit him straight, St. Louis. I want to tell you about my friends and longtime supporters of this show, Marcone. Yes, they are incredible community stewards. Yes, they are the largest distributors of GE appliance parts in North America. What you don't know, they are spearheading, led by owner and St. Louis and Jim Sowers. A new service dog program with and in conjunction with David Faraday and the 24 7 Battle Buddy program. Jim and Mar- Marcone are ensuring that a minimum of two service dogs a year will get partnered with a veteran hero in need. These dogs are expertly trained, connected with their veteran master, and then magic starts to happen. These dogs are retrained to meet the specific needs of their warrior and to help them successfully navigate everyday life. You can learn more on Facebook at Troops First 24-7 Battle Buddies, or reach out to me at Jay at com, and I will fill you in on more of this program.
0: This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay, and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jaydelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, Get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com.
1: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors.
2: We're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season.
1: You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes.